Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Hey, Stephanie and I just want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. We, we hope your day is special. We hope you're gathered by, you know, together with your family, with your friends. And uh, certainly if you're overseas, if you're underwater, wherever this may find you, we know some of you out to sea and things like that in the military. Listen, thanks for what you're doing for us. We, you know, mm-hmm. one word comes to mind, gratitude or Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, they yeah. mean the same. We're so thankful for you. And uh, so we wanted to say a happy Thanksgiving and I want to share my quick memory. Then Stephanie's going to share her favorite Thanksgiving. My favorite Thanksgiving, I think is my family. We had two kids. They were small Debbie. We all went up to Connecticut. It was the last time my mother, my stepfather, all the brothers and sisters. It was the last time we were all together. It was such a sweet time. Uh, My mom got saved. My stepfather got saved. My niece got saved. Uh, It was just one of the sweetest Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for that day. I look back at that as my favorite Thanksgiving. But I'm just thankful to have you in our hearts, folks. And uh, Stephanie, anything you want to say to our friends here? Well, I would just say um, I'm very thankful um, on this Thanksgiving for God's goodness to me and my family, my children. And I'm thankful that I've had God's given me another year another year with them to make a difference prayerfully for him. So um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you have a wonderful, sweet, and blessed day filled with awesome memories. There you go. Great to be back with you folks again. We we are just privileged to be part of your community, uh, to come across your radios, to talk to you about the book of Proverbs. We have just been having a wonderful time going through this, learning what God's word has for us, laughing a little bit and uh, things of that nature. With me, as always, is my friend Stephanie Wesco, but we have a special guest with us on the air today, uh, my little buddy, Emmeline Hope Wesco. So Emmy is five. Emmy's a, a pretty awesome individual, so I asked Stephanie if it would be all right if we said hi to Emmy. Hello, Emmy. Hi. Emmy, how you doing today? Good. What have you been up to? I've been in school. You've been in school? Yeah. How did revival go for you this past weekend? I don't have any revival. <laughs> I don't have any revival. Yeah. He means at with the with the preacher preaching. How did church pretty go? Drawing. She was drawing. Oh yeah. That's honesty. What do you want for Christmas, Emmy? We want our peeps out there to know what you want for Christmas. Well, there it is right there. We're going to let Emmy go now, but we all know. So if you want to be part of getting Emmy a Lego set with Lego friends, you just contact us. Let's overwhelm Emmy with Legos this year. (laughs) And, uh, but anyway, Emmy is uh, one of my best buds, but we're cruising along, Stephanie. So we have this segment. So Stephanie's youngest, just to catch you all up. So Stephanie has eight children on earth, three in heaven. 
and the eight children on earth. Emmy's the youngest at five years old. And then you got Caleb. And then going from Caleb, you have Sammy. And then going from Sammy, you have Steffi. Going from Stephanie, you have Hudson. Then on to Joseph. And then leaving Joseph, you have Charles. And then you have Daniel. So maybe we'll sneak another kid on another time when we get this. Maybe we'll move up the ranks and get Caleb or something at another podcast. But uh, <laughs> Stephanie, this is your turn. This is your knuckleheaded turn. So we got two segments here. So you might be a knucklehead if... And then we also have the segment of um, things you don't say and do to people with PTSD. So what say you? You might be a knucklehead if. Well, I I was kind of like rubbed the wrong way yesterday when you said that, you know, I attract creeps. So (laughs) I'm just going to put this out there. You might be a knucklehead if you creep on nice people. Oh. Well, I might be a knucklehead. I I am a knucklehead. I'm coming clean. It's me. No, you don't. You're not a creeper. If you're a creeper on nice people who really try to be nice. Oh, I thought you. Oh, see, again, I was violating a thing from a couple days ago where you don't listen to people (laughs) with PTSD. (laughs) No, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if somebody's a nice person, you try to use them and take advantage of them and creep them out. I mean, I think I'm a fairly nice person, and that just kind of was like, that's really sad, you know? I mean, if you try to... Well, what is a creep? Now, see, this bears... We can't spend a lot of time on this, but people... Women are always telling me that, especially when I was in the Army, I told you that I was in the Army, and most of my job, most of my life, I was managing women, or they were managing me by... By the end, 17 years of my military career, I was in personnel. So I was always around ladies, great ladies, by the way. Uh, one or two listened today, uh, women I was in the Army with, and they'll tell you I was a pretty good guy. But they would always say things to me like, you know, hey, Sergeant Major Carragher, don't don't send me on a mission with this guy. He's a creep, or, or this guy's a creeper. So somehow, in 30 seconds or less, tell us what a creeper is. How, how do we know someone's a creeper? Because obviously I'm not one because people hung out with me. But what is a creeper? you got to help us with that. Oh, wow. Well, God kind of put this built-in radar into any girl who chooses to, you know. But, I mean, creepers can be guys, too. Um, I think a creeper will always be an energy sapper. Yeah. Um, a creeper will be someone who wants to morph you into whatever they want you to be to make themselves happy. Yeah. Um, a creeper wants you to spend your life making them feel better about themselves. Um, they don't really care about you at all. Um, a creeper is most likely going to be very narcissistic in their characteristics. In other words, they're going to be controlling. They're going to, um, thrive on making you feel guilty if you're not their puppet. Um, that whole, that whole thing that I really don't want to think down that trail. And, and, um, yeah. They're yeah. never wrong. They're never wrong. If you get creeped out by them, that's because you're, you've got issues because they're perfect. So yeah, there's a whole big package there, but why I, being a magnet to them has really messed me up. I mean, that's like, I'm going to be like messed up all day thinking about that. So I've got to figure out how to change that. Situation. Well, and I got to, I got to take the creeper definition a little bit farther. So I had a, so, you know, I'm, I'm like a fake uncle to a lot of people in this world. And I had a young lady one time uh, down at a Bible college say, um, you know, uncle Doug sit a little close to me. That guy's a creep the way he's looking at me and stuff. So, uh, what does that mean? 
you know, I really didn't ask uh, the young lady I was sitting next to. Now she's married and, and stuff. But I, I always meant to ask her, what did she mean by that guy's a creep at church, the way he's looking at me, the way, explain that. I mean, that's something that only a lady would know. That's so. big. Um, so yesterday I referenced a guy who felt freedom to go to my husband and inform him that my body was bothering him and that whole scenario, um, how I looked literally. I mean, it just talk about a creep. That same man, um, one of my best friends, um, that I won't, I won't give her name on the air cause I don't, you know, want to freak her out, but she came to me after being at a wedding where the same man was and she was creeped out. She looked over and he was, you know, from head to toe. I remember hearing about that. So there it is. And she said, Stephanie, I felt so dirty. I felt like literally like I was being polluted and violated and I couldn't do anything about it. Boy, and if I saw that guy right now, I'd beat him up because Stephanie's friend is as pure and as wonderful and as sweet of a lady. Yeah. So violated because it was so clear. Yeah. Like I didn't, couldn't get away from him. You know, we were at a wedding. I'm stuck where I am. And he didn't care that he was violating her because the guy's a creep. But I'm just saying a girl knows. And I'm sorry, a guy knows when he's doing that, what he's doing. And, and yeah, those kind of guys and me just, you know, there, there's one time when I probably would believe in a little, you know, that there, there's certain things that need done to guys like that. Uh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. I, I think among them is like emasculation. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that people, but you guys know what you get when you get me. And, uh, and the friend she's talking about, I consider her to be a friend of mine as well yeah. and her family. And she's a wonderful lady. And anybody who does those kind of things is sick. That's yeah. all I want to say. You shouldn't look yeah. at anybody, but Violet. your wife that way and your presence of your home and, that's, yeah. that's sickening. And, uh, it just makes it so, you know, folks, this is a standard. It's a different level with God. So things you don't do with people with PTSD, we're just going to carry that on. Cause we've got to move along, but just carrying on what Stephanie just said, the creepers, don't be a creeper. Don't be checking people out. Don't be looking through people. Don't do that. Cause if I see you, I'm going to slap you. I'm just going to be upfront with you and, uh, just hope I'm not backsliding you know, one day if I'm ever backsliding, don't tell me who these people are because I'll make a list and I'll go looking for them, you know, and I'll work. <laughs> so right now I'm not backsliding. But some of you who've hurt me, lied about me, done me wrong over the years, if you hear I'm backsliding, go on a vacation quickly because I'm one of those guys. I'm coming for all of you. And I've already told Stephanie that all the people we talk about on this podcast, if I find out that I'm terminally ill, hopefully 50 years from now, I'm going to name every one of you. You know, I'm just going to put the names right out there. I'm going to say, and the pastor we were talking about is so-and-so from, so I'm, I'm just putting it out there. You know, I mean, what are they going to do to me? And uh, anyway, here we are. We're in Proverbs chapter seven. We're in verse number 13. And, and uh, Stephanie's in a little bit of a giddy mood today. I never laugh. I never laugh the way I laugh when we do podcasts. Well, maybe it's meant to be, you know, we need laughing. We're, we're messed up people. We suffer from PTSD. We're, we're, we're more messy than a soup sandwich. I mean, take a piece of wonder bread and pour a cup of tomato soup on it. That's us. You know, we have to work real hard at keeping it from getting dirty. Anyway, here we are. We're in verse number 13 of Proverbs number seven. So she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day 
have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with fine linens of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with mirth, aloes, and cinnamon. I like cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. Stephanie, this is pretty graphic. It's pretty, wow. I mean, yeah. what, do you, what are you thinking when I read through those verses? Well, what I see is that this woman is going to make this simple man think that he's the center of her universe. Yeah. When in reality, he's nothing but a pawn for her to use and then dump into his grave. Yeah. And um, she's a flat. We already read she's a flatterer, but she's not just a flatterer. She's a good salesman. She's really good at selling what she does. And that apart from the grace of God and the spirit of God being active, a young man will be seduced by her. Yeah. And so in other words, what I see here is this, this satanic counterfeit for what God intends to be within a marriage. This is the satanic counterfeit. Um, And, you know, if you read Song of Solomon, you see what God intends for a relationship to really be. This is the satanic counterfeit for it. And this woman knows how to sell it. And that's a scary thing because, in other words, apart from God's grace and a young man's choosing to be wise, he's fair game to this woman. Yeah, and and the guy may not even be innocent here. He may be wanting this. And, you know, the sad thing about it, though, is you're absolutely right, is she caught him. That's what makes you think that he's got some more innocence than her. She caught him. She snared him. She went fishing for him. She... You know, but he allowed himself to be caught. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is what this is what Potiphar's wife was. And that's what I'm saying. We have the example of Joseph who, because he walked with God, because he was choosing to to focus every single day on Jehovah, even when Potiphar's wife, because, I mean, she didn't just come after him once. No, she came after him multiple times. She tried to wear him down. Yeah. Yeah. And she caught him and Joseph left his coat in her hands and fled. And he's the only uh, guy in the Bible to lose two coats. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but I also see something else here that, that stands out to me is verse 14. This woman isn't an atheist. This woman knows how to look spiritual. She knows how to appear to walk with God and, and she spiritualizes this. And when you look at that and you see that, whoa, you know, it's easy. It's some situations are very black and white. Oh, that's very much a strange woman. That's very much a harlot. I'm going to avoid them. That this verse 14 tells me this woman knows how to look spiritual. She knows how to put on the front of I walk with God when internally she's nothing but yeah. a seducer. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think that word, it's actually impudent. I probably said pudent, but it's impudent, impudent. It's impudent. It's, it's a word that, you know, it's kind of a strange word. Matter of fact, Stephanie and I were just talking about it. It's showing no respect, having no respect for this man. I'm going to get what I want. He's going to do this with me. And, 
and here's a woman with just no respect, just wanting to do this. I'm going to make this happen. And again, we're building here in chapter seven. This guy's on the wrong street. This guy's in the wrong place. Yeah. He, he didn't know the answer. And then, and she takes it even farther. She loads on the fine linens from Egypt, the tapestry. I mean, the place looked like a, a, a you know, but in this false religion. So King Edward the fourth, I remember reading and, and don't read about the royalty from Britain. I did in British literature and stuff like It'll that. It'll mess you up. Oh, it, you think we're screwed up people here in America. You, you don't know anything. I mean, those, those people in England make us look like kids. Uh, but anyway, so King Edward IV had a mistress. He used to call her his holy tramp. I'll use the word tramp instead of the other word that rhymes a little bit better with that. And because she came from the nunnery to have the affairs with him and stuff. And, oh, uh, and to meet with him. And so, and then Winston Churchill's uh, mother, yeah, she was having an affair with the king. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just so much craziness. And these people, they deck out the beds, they act, you know, she has this former religion, you know, I'm going to say the right things, I'm going to act holy, but I'm just here to make you feel better so you won't go looking for someone else. You know, there's always an excuse. There's always a reason. There's always that way to go the wrong place. It's always wrong. It isn't going to work. Uh, you know, and I, I, think, I think far too often, this is what I think, and, and maybe it's just me, but far too often a Christian can talk themselves into doing anything. And if you have the commandments, again, we're starting at the beginning of chapter seven, we're just continuing on. If we put those on the tablets of our hearts, if we understood the precepts, if we understood the rules, if we know what to look for, if we're not naive, if we're trained physically and sexually uh, before we know the, uh, theologically and biblically and spiritually the way we should be, we're going to end up with women like this. Yeah. So we better lock ourselves in and folks, or we're going to end up with men like this. And again, I don't want to just constantly pick on women. Women are only one half of any sexual liaison or only one half of any sexual wickedness. I get this. We totally understand that as we're going through this, but I think it's important that we say to everybody, Stephanie, when someone comes into our life that looks like this, it feels wrong. It always feels wrong. I guarantee you that it always feels like you shouldn't be there. There's always something and rubbing you the wrong way it's always this opportunist uh tramp thing it's against god's will and when yeah. you have the holy spirit of god indwelling within you sealing your heart making a difference things like this shouldn't be going on and you say well brother doug how can they they can be because when we get saved if we are saved and hopefully all of you are and if you're not you'll listen to every word eric's got to say in a few minutes and get that right but some of us get saved and it's fire insurance to us. Now we're not going to hell. So, and then we don't do anything else with God's word. We're living this miserable existence. Uh, and sadly, Stephanie, there are people hopping in and out of these ungodly relationships, these overnight liaisons, these adulterous type of situations, these ungodly situations. It's happening out there. So what do we say? I mean, how do we say, take these commandments, do it? I mean, what do we say to each other? How do we stop this? Well, I think um, you said, you know, you talked about training. And I think the way we stop isn't by trying to fix the symptoms. It's by fixing the heart. And it's by training. Um, and not legalistic training. You can hammer and hammer rules on someone. But if their heart is not reached and touched by the spirit of God, 
those rules will change nothing. And eventually that, you know, the, the inside, what's being thought, what's being contained inside will come out in actions. And so from the time our children are young, first of all, praying for them, begging God to do that supernatural work in their hearts, but then to, get, to, to train them, to raise them by example, by our words, by our testimony, that they would see Jesus in us and that his life would become their life, you know, that they would become immersed in who he is, that he would be the center of their universe. Because if Jesus Christ is the center of our young men and young women's universe, if he's all the world to them, they're not going to end up in these situations. They're going to be being led by the Spirit of God, and he will teach them and guide them in all truth. And, you know, sometimes we make we make the job more difficult than it needs to be because we're totally depending on us to do it. Yeah. And all we're to be is the conduits. God has to do the work in their lives. If we try to do it, we will drive them away yeah. from the truth. And so I think it's that point where we as parents or as teachers or as um, just influences have to constantly be going before God ourselves to stay straight ourselves. Because let's face it, as many the men in their 40s and 50s or women in their 40s or 50s are being found out to have been being immoral wretches as the young people. And I get sick of hearing the young people get trashed because yeah. they're just following the examples that, you know, that they've been set up to, to worship. And these examples are falling left and right because these those examples aren't haven't been examples at all. Yeah. And so uh, I'm challenged as, you know, someone in my 30s. I need to pay attention to this. I need to take heed to this because I am every bit as much, if not more capable as falling than my children are. And so um, it should make us walk humbly before the Lord ourselves that we set before them an example that's godly. If not by the grace of God. And, uh, you know, folks, and and I don't want to beat this drum, and and that's not our intention here. Uh, But if not by the grace of God, this is any one of us. So we need to hide those commandments in the tablet and the heart. We need to put them in there. We need to uh, make that our watchwords. We need to live that way. We need to make that of who we are. And I think, Stephanie, I I mean, I just feel like, you know, far too often uh, we as a church, too, we, we have people who've been down this road and been wounded and they've been hurt. And it's almost like some people exile them and stuff. Listen, if you've done this— yeah and you're out of it, and you're now right with God, just serve God. Stop it. Don't be involved in it. Don't talk about it. Don't look back at your past liaisons and those types of things with any glory. And it has no glory. There's no value in that to God. Uh, just look forward to a pure life with that one person that God is going to give you or already has given you. This is a hard life to go through because God has made us to be these Uh, physical creatures, but he's made us to be these physical creatures for one person until death does does us part. And then one person again. And, uh, I, I think, you know, Stephanie, I'm trying to find a way of closing this down and saying, listen, if you've been there, don't ever do it again. If you haven't been there, please, we beg you by the grace of God, not to take that step, not to have your feet found in those places. Yeah. Uh, there are people out there, and, and hey, listen, both the man and the women here are at guilt. I get that. In no means am I just pointing at this woman. In this case, she yeah. trapped him, so we know she's being a little more aggressive than this kid. Maybe he's a kid, maybe he's not, but this could happen to anybody at any time. 
And uh, whenever I've ever counseled anybody who's had sexual immorality, it all looked like it started with pornography. I never had anybody that didn't start that way. Then it always started finding somebody else whose husband or wife don't like them. And you're just hanging out together because you two get it. Or my husband shames me, doesn't make me feel good. My wife doesn't take care of me the way she would. She shames me, doesn't make me feel good. You could add any of those uh, definitions to either side. Folks, be leery of that. Be very weary of that. Uh, just know that you serve a God that can keep all this from happening. And that's kind of what I want to wrap it up is, listen, they're out there. People are trying to snare us. It's the devil. And folks, yeah. if you've been caught in that snare, make things right, get right, and don't do it again. If you haven't been caught in that snare, work every day that you would not be. That's just the and best way I can put it. Yeah. Don't And don't. Something that always concerns me is, is, you know, people that have never, you know, quote unquote, hurt their reputation by doing something in this realm. If you become filled with pride because you're so godly that you never gave your purity away or whatever, shame on you because your pride is as, is as much of an abomination to God as immorality. And so just, I, I guess the essence of this is Micah 6, 8. He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And wherever you are in life, whether you're an overcomer from a life that's, that, that had shame associated with it, but you're an overcomer because of who Jesus Christ is, or whether by the grace of God you've never messed up your life, you're only an overcomer because of the grace of God the same way. And so in the end, doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly will keep you in a place where you're following God and his will. And that's the only way that we see beauty out of life, no matter what your past contains. There it is. There it is, folks. I, I can't add a thing to that. But just listen, we love you. And uh, most of us will never experience these things, thank God. But if you are... If you're going through these types of things, just hide God's word in your heart. If you've been down this road, just stop it. Just turn things around. Take what God has given you and put it together for his glory. And uh, we sure do love you folks. Listen to every word Brother Eric's got to say here in just a minute about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know Christ, uh, man, you got to get this right. Don't don't go another day without getting this right. If we can do anything to help you, make sure you look for us to help the wounded spirits. We sure do love you folks, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved.
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.